You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How you doing, Jonathan? I am good. All, All right. right. I'm good. What are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about the podcast, of course. Is, is this, is this going to be the meta section? Of the- it is the meta section. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a, here we are, 100 episodes. Can you believe it? I, I can't. I, I have to tell you that I was seriously considering doing the 138th episode spectacular as a nod to The Simpsons. Uh, but, yeah. but um the fact that the 100th episode was after a World Ball Cup qualifying window, you know, I want to. No, that's nice. And and it's important to sometimes take a step back and, and really evaluate how far you've come and, and where you still want to go. And and I think sometimes whether it's at work or, or at home, uh, we're, we're so busy with everything that we're doing that, that we do sometimes just like stop and and forget to to really take it all in and and evaluate so um i'm i'm so so proud of of 100 episodes cheers to uh, 100 more i i, I can't believe it <laughs> this a bar mitzvah well wish <laughs> yeah so um yeah, that's why that's why i'm excited um to to invite my buddies asa and greg up here to to light candle number one <laughs> uh so yeah so so uh we're 100 episodes in we got we got uh plans for for so much more um but uh but yeah i uh i guess uh for 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 episode 200 which uh based on current trajectories would be next year around this time you know 52 weeks in a year we do two episodes a week yeah it's i i don't know if at some point we need to do a leap year to keep 100 in the spring like i don't know what the the rules are yeah, yeah, maybe maybe there are around um perhaps around the World Cup uh, there would be like three episodes in in a week. Uh maybe you sure. would do that for for two weeks and that would bring us and bring every us back a right bit. every every 4 years you have you have an extra couple yeah, every, of every 4 years you you have an extra episode um <laughs> or two during the World Cup. Um and I think that would regulate. Um and and possibly during summer Olympics as well or or right. champions league right um uh there are there are ways we can we can uh find our adar too uh and 
right which which is what of course we're doing <laughs> we have to i mean it's important that passover is in the spring and therefore uh you know we do need to to find a way to keep round numbers uh in the beginning of april uh, mm-hmm. mostly because the beginning of april is a sports um wasteland yeah i mean especially this year when uh, it is a sports wasteland for the uh, the soccer and football themed podcast, I guess. Right? It's yeah. Uh, I mean, baseball's a thing, but you know, baseball is, is that... a thing though. Um, not not the round ball we discuss. Um, no, no, we we prefer uh, the game that has low scoring and constant motion, as opposed to the game that is low scoring and um, zero motion. Though, though, Major League Soccer is 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 very much around in early April, right? Or, or are yeah. they taking a break or something? No, I mean, there's like random international breaks, right? Like, it's a funny thing with soccer where it's like, for like two weeks at a time, they're like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, ti- I'm a little tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I like to imagine like American football doing that. Like, imagine if like American football just like around like early October, it's like, yeah, all of your players need to go do something else for another team. Um do you care? Yeah, I mean the the closest thing that you have is is that first week of of December where uh, right after the um, college football bowl season uh, is is kicking in, but after the um after the season end has yeah. ended, and they're like, oh, that's right, you guys are students, <laughs> you all have finals this week, don't you? So this yeah. is this is soccer finals. Uh, yeah, it's basically that uh, the international equivalent of finals week. It's like, hey, we'll we'll take it easy on practice, no games, um, but like let's remember why we're here, right? And and for those of you who like don't really really matter that much, like you should have been paying attention the entire time. We can we can keep it going. Yeah, um, and and hopefully hopefully right, like you guys are took your midterms. You know, you you're the ones taking taking enough courses uh, and and getting good enough grades to to really keep this team afloat. And, and, and like college football, a lot of the work for the international breaks happens in the spring and summer, right? Like that's traditionally when the world cup is, that's traditionally when the, the international tournaments are the Euros, the, the gold cup. So, um, so I think that the academic schedule has a lot to do mm-hmm. with the international breaks uh, and all of our best players are under the age of 23 anyways. So they should be in college. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for, for coming up and lighting candle number one. Uh, and, uh, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Sounds great. Looking, looking forward to being there at that episode 200 and beyond. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. I am your uh, centurion for the episode. Uh, centurion uh, comes from the Latin sen, which is 100. So not only am I saying I'm, I'm a warrior for U.S. men's national team and uh, American football and Harry Potter lore, uh, but I'm also saying that this is the 100th episode ever. Uh, I'm your host, Asa. Um, 
Greg will join us in a segment later on. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be in vague clip show fashion. You've already heard uh, the first segment with uh, dear friend Jonathan. Uh, and uh, from here on in, we've got uh, everybody and, uh, that, that you love coming in and, and talking about whatever they want to talk about. So this episode is brought to you by whoever Blue Wire would like to put in, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. Um, and we are going to start off with our soccer panel, uh, such as it is. Um, to talk about like the actual piece of news that has happened here that we we actually probably should talk about, which is um, the weirdest fever dream of a FIFA event ever. Uh, so I'm here with Ben and Kevin. Um, before we get to like the things that we are going to obsess over for the next eight months, um, y'all want to talk about that because it was like um, it was weird. So uh, my new my new uh, job has not a lot of meetings, but there is a a set video conference with my department every Friday at one. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Which just so happens to be uh, when that was going on. So I was trying to pay attention to my meeting and also trying to figure out what the hell was going on on like a little side screen on my you know, iPad. Um, well, you know, that was going on. So there was soccer. Idris Elba was involved. There were yeah. various old soccer stars. Sure. Carly uh, Lloyd was there. Yeah, it was bizarre. I mean, you expect like a lot of pageantry and and for like an Olympic opening ceremony, and it's done in like a stadium, and like you you expect there to be a show. Whereas I, I honestly, I, I think coverage started here nine thirty a.m. local, and I really expected by like ten we'd be like getting into the nitty gritty. And then 1030 you pass. And I'm like, what are we still doing? And like, I'm like, and then we got to the end. I'm like, they're not to wrap this up in like 10 minutes. Like, no, nah, we're just blowing through. It's like, a, it was just, it was a lot of. It was, it was, a, yeah, it was a lot like the Oscars, but somehow more and less interesting. Well, for me, like the, the show started at noon and my meeting was one. I'm like, all right, well, we'll basically have this over with by the time I have to be, you know, paying attention to something else. And not so much. Not so much. Um, but before we get into the actual draw, I do want to say that on this podcast, we will be digging into the mascot, mascot multiverse. Um, there will be questions, uh, there, there will be answers to those questions. Um, where the, the, the mascots come from, are they eternal beings? Um, have they lived forever? Do they have normal lifespans? Is this a Narnia situation where time here passes a lot quicker than it does there? Because it said that they invented soccer a million years ago who's a million years, you know, like you get into like theological questions about the nature of time and um, creation. So we'll which, get into that. Which is exactly what I wanted to be thinking about. All I want to know is who we're playing in a group stage. Like why, why in 2022 can we not just like do the things we're supposed to do? Like it's it, that, that, that hour and a half or two hours was the most, this show could have been an email ass thing ever. How much? How much did Idris Elba get paid to be on there? By the Billions. way, seven seven figures, easy. Seven figures, easy. Uh, but hey, you know, anytime you can stand for um, the nation of Qatar, you got to do it. Yes. Got to do it. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll talk a lot about uh, the implications of being a fan. No, we won't. We don't do serious things. It's a World Cup. We don't care. Um, it's actually something to care about. You should really look into it. I that that felt. Yeah. And I don't sports like is sports is a funny thing it's like do i care that you know 50 percent of the team i root for is made of terrible people and a workaholic coach whose son committed suicide um well 
Let's let's watch. Let's just go to the next commercial. I think I think it's a lot easier. Um, like the 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 thing I don't understand. This is gonna get meta for a second. Like I've always really liked sports for the tactics, right? So like I don't have to care whether or not uh, a person is a good person or a bad person to do something interesting, right? Um, it's the people who are like who are like watching for the storylines. And it's like you understand all of these people are 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 bad people. <laughs> I just don't like. I don't. I, I basically, if I watch a movie, listen to a song, watch a sporting event, I'm just going to assume they're all terrible people because I'm probably right. You're probably right. I like mean, money does not make you better. No, no. <laughs> but you know what? Like being a bad person doesn't make the remix to Ignition any any less of a hit. So. Right? Should I stop listening to like the Man in the Mirror because he was, uh, you know, who he was? <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, but again, like you, you can go through that with everything. Like anybody who has achieved a certain level of fame or success is a bad person. Um, so how are we going to play against England? Right. Uh, <laughs> so let's not do what we just said we weren't going to do. Right. Uh, so absent all that, um, there was a draw. So our group is, let's keep the geopolitics out of it though, folks. America, England, Iran, and Ukraine. I mean, Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine, but it'll be Ukraine because if you've been paying attention to sports recently, oh yeah, I'm sure Duke and North Carolina just happened to meet up in the final four. Wow, what a coincidence. Um, yeah, we just happened to get Iran. Okay, all right, good stuff. Glad glad we're doing that. Um, but so let's let's sort of like go break down the teams here because I'm actually pretty interested in England because they talk so much shit. Uh, on the internet and there's no team I would rather play if you had to get with if you had to ticket a pot one team like they're probably well you want Qatar right but if you don't get them you either want England or Portugal right yeah and yeah uh, and and England see I, I wanted England because like I I'm pretty scared of individual attacking brilliance um from an American soccer perspective because we give up like we give up goals when Mikel Antonio hits 37-yard bombs, right? Well, I, I want no piece of the Gareth Bale, the Wales version of oh, Gareth Oh, I Bale. know. I know. Like, that's, the, that's the scariest. I'm just like, oh, no. Like, someone, someone asked me, like, oh, how do you feel about America coming out? And I was like, which Gareth Bale is showing up? Because that, that answers it's my question. It's not Real Madrid. It's, it's, remember, it's Wales Golf Madrid. Right. The, the Wales version is coming. Ugh. I, I actually, I, I showed that picture to my brother and he thought it was a Photoshop. Like he could not fathom that a player would do that. I was like, no, no, no. It was just the funniest thing ever. Yes. <laughs> With England. So I was very excited to draw England and England was very excited to draw the United States. And I think that both fan bases are right because of all of the pot one teams, not including Qatar, for whatever reason, I just feel like all right, we were going to be a huge dog to any of the other seven teams, like period. Yeah, we we just are like the, the, we we will be a huge underdog in all of those games. But for whatever reason, maybe there's just like a little bit of magic, and it's fun with England, and you are going to get the banter. And then on the other side, like yes, we can look at all the like the headlines they have about how they got like the group of life, and the USA is a bunch of bombs. Like okay, fine. But also from their standpoint, like if you look at the rest of the pot two teams, like. If you don't I want had, Netherlands. Right. If I Germany. had to play someone from pot two, it'd be the United States or Mexico. So like, I get it. Like I, and, yeah. and then the rest of the draw, I wasn't angry about it as a U.S. fan thinking like, oh, there's a path for like, we didn't draw Senegal, like huge W there. Didn't want Ghana. Right. So I, I, I'm not as upset. Like in the moment I'm like, oh, screw England. Like they're like, you know, they're already 
talking down to us but at the same time it's like well yeah if, if we feel comfortable with the draw that we got in this group like of course england feels really good about the draw that they got in this group yeah so my the reason why i was so sort of like up on getting england is and it, and it's going to come down like I'm, I'm i'm not already in banter mode but i'll get there but like banter aside harry Maguire is their starting center back and i'm cool with that because like that dude is good for one terrible mistake in every game he plays. He's English John Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, except that uh, John Brooks, to my knowledge, has never tried to bribe a Greek police officer. People he's forget. Little, maybe he's a little more mobile than Brooks. Maybe I should give him a little bit more credit. He's, I mean, he's a better version of Brooks. Like, yeah. We, we are being, like, very cavalier, just, like, just tossing a $90 million dollar center back in the trash (laughs) if he's he's not english how much does he go for but still but still he he would still be the best center back in our player pool right if you can hold down a starting role at even as an english player at an english club in an english league like whatever he's the roster is still very good like you know this is going to be pure american um bravado talking crap ahead of the same you can go line for line like you know England has well, players. It's, it's, it's I'm not going to argue that England is not better than us. I do, however, feel their image gets a Premier League bump. Like, because all of their guys play in the most popular league in the world, I feel like they're, everybody thinks they're all, like, I don't know, 10% better than they are. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe that's an, I don't no, know, whatever no. percentage you want on there. But they, they have that a little extra shine to them. It's like playing for the Yankees or whatever. My, like, like my thing is, is that if you, if you made uh, Jack Grealish American, for example, or Phil Foden American, right, they would still probably be one of, if not the best players in our, in our pool. Would they be going for a hundred million plus? No, no, they wouldn't. And, and, and like, look, I like Harry Kane as much as anybody. I mean, he's a striker on a top four team in the premier league. I don't know if you guys saw that, but right now Spurs top four. <laughs> Premier League, Congrats. Champions League football. Let's go. Um, but, but like, is 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 Harry Kane the best striker in the world? No, he's not. And they talk about him like he is. Is Mason Mount a, a locked in starter for any club in the world? No, he's not. Like these, these are just like realities of the situation. Um, like Jude Bellingham is is going to start for them. Um, that dude is good. He's good. He's good. He is considered a co-equal in terms of talent or or roundabouts of Gio Reyna. Like he's better than Reyna. I'm not saying he's not. I'm like, well, he played different positions. Right. But like, what I'm saying is that like, they are part of the same structure and they are more or less at the same level. I guarantee you Gio Reyna doesn't think Jude Bellingham is better than him. I, <laughs> right. And like, we've talked about that on this podcast that like, yes. there's one dude on Dortmund who Gio is like, fine, he's better than me. It's like, yep. That's that's okay. That's and it's okay. like and it's it's Lewandowski from like eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> in Gio's mind, it's like Gio like like for, for influential midfielders of all time, it's like Zidane and Gio, and it's like one A one B right well, now. Well, like it's like I, I do I do believe that like if you ask Gio Reyna to name the five best attacking midfielders of all time, and if you really thought about it. It's Dylan Dylan. Dylan 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 Gio Reyna. <laughs> because he spits up fire. Um but yeah, no, no, like England, England is good. I'm not saying England are not good. They, they just lost the Euro. I mean, they never win anything, but they get out of the group stages. They are able to look anybody in the eye, um, you oh, know, for and, sure. and, 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 and play yeah. them, you know, even 
England also has this other weird like subplot that I enjoy. Their media is so awful that like if they do poorly, it just turns horrific for them. Like like if they get I don't know who their first game is against, but like if they don't play well in their first game, it's gonna be like fire alarms like everybody should be fired like why are their girlfriends looking at them in between games they should be sank like sequestered it's just gonna be there i don't know i don't envy those guys that's just a terrible environment uh it's like it's like the dallas cowboys but less cocaine yeah like less cocaine and um honestly uh less less like tony romo looking person people uh at, at Dallas than than England. Like if you put Tony Romo in a lineup of five English players and I was like, which one's Tony Romo? You'd struggle for a second. I'm just saying. Like that that, that there's a look there. But um the other team, the, the the other team that we know some certain is uh Iran. And so when that got announced, every like my first thought was like haha geopolitics. Um but the second thought was like are they good? And like our group chat had like an immediate like oh they're trash. And then it was oh, they don't really have anybody playing in like the top level leagues. And then it was, um, wait, is the Iranian domestic league good? And that sort of like proved the point, right? Like we don't really know anything about them. It's hard to say too, because like it's easier if you have guys scattered throughout like Europe in the first and second divisions. And you can like, if someone's playing in like the second division in Spain like I can kind of like understand about like where they sit within the the world pecking order of football um I don't know I I know next to nothing about the Iranian domestic league I know next to nothing about like the comp structure there um but then also I'd have to look this up but I given the fact that almost their entire national team is playing there other than like a few dudes I think they have a guy at like Leverkusen and a guy at Porto they have a guy at Leverkusen, a guy at Porto, two guys in Athens. Um, like generally, the like their their team comes out of there. So uh, I I don't know enough about the league to like to draw comparisons. But what you can also have is like uh, stylistically, they all play together. They play with like an idea and an identity. And it, it's it's sort of like the the Costa Rica issue where Costa Rica like they don't necessarily. I I mean Costa Rica minus Navas, which is sort of like a outside like of minus. Yeah, like other than that. Mrs. Lincoln, but um, like it, it is a question. Like they all play sort of same style, same team. I, I can mean, contribute gonna... a little bit here, okay? Just because um, I, I'm I'm not going to say I've ever watched Iran play, um, but uh, I par- apparently do have an Iranian American follower on Twitter who mm-hmm. replied to me for something. He said he's watched every uh, qualifying match, and he said they're basically they're they're better than everybody else in Asia, so they possess the ball a lot. But when they play a good team. They, they sit back and defend and counter. So it really sounds like we're playing ourselves. It's like, I mean, that they play, sort of when, sounds... they play, when they play South Korea, they have to sit back and defend a little bit and hit on the counter. But when they play everybody else, they're expected to boss the game, create chances that way. So it's not, and they're within, I think, five places of us in ELO. Yeah. So they're, they're very similar sounding team to us, just less well-known players. So, ELO- so- Go ahead, Asa. I, I was just going to say, like, that sounds sort of like, I mean, if we're just going to, like, use a, a team that we have played recently, that sounds like Qatar, right? Like, when we played Qatar, it was like they were, like, very happy to let us have the ball, and we sort of had to, had to one, you know, really deal with those quick counters, which we did not deal with well. Yeah, we won because of Matt Turner in that game. 
Yeah, he kept Who has frostbite? Y'all, he actually does have frostbite. It wasn't a joke. I am so tired. <laughs> then like, I thought it came back out that it's like it was a different foot. I don't know. I, I've, his I've his re, his like info about it was like leave this alone. It wasn't frostbite. And then Bruce Arena weighs in. Thanks, <laughs> Bruce. Says, no, actually, it's frostbite. <laughs> so Bruce the, Arena coming back to remind you that uh, his impact on the U.S. men's national team will always be felt. <laughs> one thing on Elo right now, I feel like this happens before every World Cup is. Oh, all of these teams, they go into these, they, everyone goes into their bubble and they're playing these like the, the multiplier. Like, is, does Elo use competitive multipliers? Yeah, World Cup qualifier. I use this in my like grading thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a 1.33 you multiply uh, for okay. a, a World Cup qualifier. Yeah, and then a World Cup itself is multiplied by two. That, that's what I had thought. So, like, everyone goes into their little like pods and pools and they just like they, they play each other. So, like, if you do really well, regardless of your confederation, you're just going to like, rise up the ranks whereas you have like some of these like uefa teams that are in like the absolute dumpster now because they like couldn't qualify through uefa um i mean god the united states if 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 pfoc pokes that home like because weren't we like wasn't the math working out where if we won if we had a nine point window we were going to get pot uh one like regardless of results i thought somebody was like portugal had to lose portugal had to lose i thought then... that that was only after we drew mexico though maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure on that yeah. the, the, the point remains, the last game, yeah it, all this like weird crap happens with like these elo rankings when everyone's just playing teams in their confederation like they, they almost kind of lose their like transitive property because you haven't played games of consequence against anyone else in the world for a long time and like and even since the last World Cup, like friendlies have been screwed up because of COVID. Like, it, well, it's you can't be... play outside your confederation anymore because everybody's doing like the Nations League or yeah. whatever. So you don't really get games against other confederations much anymore. So, like, so I, so I have some information on Iran here. Um, they have not played a game. Uh, so, so their last, I don't know, call it fifteen games. They have one game that took place outside of what we would consider the Middle East. Um, so all of those games happened in Iran, Bahrain, Qatar, Lebanon, Jordan, um, Iran. And then they played, they've played one game outside of that region and it was in Seoul and they lost. They have, they have won the rest of those games. So they drew South Korea at home and they lost South Korea on the road. Um, the rest of their games have been in Qatar, Iran, Bahrain, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, um, so of, of note to that, and, and it's something that's actually relevant here, this game is a home game for them. Like, I don't want to get into oh, the yeah. geopolitics of Qatar yeah. and Iran. This is a home game. Like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is very much a game on their own turf. I, I know nothing of the, of, like, travel between countries. I assume that it's, it's the World Cup. Like, Qatar is, like, Qatar open and, for business, man. Like, yeah. Qatar Iran, Iran is across the strait. Uh, like, it ain't far. Like they're, they're gonna they're have a home crowd. Allies. Yeah, no, no, they're they're allies. Um, yeah. This is not going to be Especially a game. If the opponent is in its Yeah, like this isn't this isn't this isn't a, a well game. Loved. Yeah, this isn't a game in Mexico for America. This is a game in America for Mexico. Like this is going to be a home crowd. Yeah. Um. So so it's relevant because despite despite you know us thinking that this is a neutral game, it's not. It's a road. Oh, game. this is they're they're our third game too. Yeah. So hopefully we be, don't. 
hopefully we don't need anything by then, but something tells me that's going to be that's going to uh, be an important game. If we have more than three points after England, I'll be very excited. Well, we, we our first game is the uh, is the it's winner Wales. of the playoff. Is Wales. All right, so if out of those three, if we had to choose one, we're picking Scotland, Scotland right? Scotland, yes. I think Scotland has some younger, like I was like transfer markets by skews towards overrating young players, which is like kind of how the U.S. is built at this point as well. Right. So I think it actually kind of like balances out. But Scotland's got young players as well. Like, I, again, this is maybe this is like American exceptionalism, but like, and and part of this is maybe where like the Premier League makes the English players stand taller than they really are. When I think of the Scottish league, it's like, there's like two and a half clubs there. Right. And I'm sure that like someone from Scotland would strongly disagree about how garbage MLS is. But like, I wasn't expecting to see these, like they have a ton of, they have good players as well. So, I don't know. So, it's the world cup. Like yeah, everyone's yeah. not going to suck. But, but here's, yeah. here's my thing with, with Scotland is that I actually watched a ton of Scotland because they were in the same qualification group as Israel. Okay. And Israel outplayed them over two games. Like they, they were the better team and Israel is not good. Like <laughs> Israel, so Israel they're, they're not coming out of that playoff. Huh? Scotland, Scotland is not good. They, the Scotland is overrated by the fact that they have a ton of players playing in the premier league because they count as domestic players for, for, for premier league purposes. Um, and they have the best left back in the world. So, or second best um, because Alfonso Davies is still a thing. Um, but Beyond that, like, like you're telling me, like, we're going to get nervous about Billy Gilmore. <laughs> like that, I mean, I'm that's, nervous that's about we're everything. We're, we were just, we were just like contemplating a Jay deep Adams. dive of the Iranian domestic league to see like who they've got lurking. So yes, dude, nothing fair, is fair. a given. No, it's not a given, but, but we want Scotland. And, and I, I, I can tell you this, like as, as terrified as I am of Gareth Bale and I am, um, I don't really want to deal with team of destiny, Ukraine. No, yeah, that's a, I don't know. I like, I don't, I don't really want to deal with that because like yeah. things happen. When it is, is I would, why couldn't like, why couldn't we have just drawn like Saudi Arabia, <laughs> Poland and like, I ought to think of Ghana again. I was really, Denmark or something. Ooh, I, I really wanted a new who lineup. But instead we've got all these, like, like what, I don't know what subplot we could have like concocted with like a Poland Cameroon right you're just you're just like, you're just you're just looking at rosters <laughs> like I, i'd be like super pumped for doo like that that'd be like my whole pod <laughs> like instead it's like oh there's like a home game for a team whose players we don't know very well they play in a league that we don't really watch and oh god if like ukraine comes in like how can you like not pull for them like uh and then england who everybody who's the villain of the whole thing but you know it's still compelling yeah, um, but then they're also like, you know, probably like a third favorite to win this whole thing. So they can never be a favorite because they never win. It's like it's Gonzaga. Like, yeah. They great. did make the final of the Euro though, right? Yeah, and they made Gonzaga made a final recently, didn't and they? And they made a long run. Ugh. England's England's yeah. good. They're peaking. They're they're not relying on like older players that don't fit into a system. Like, I I don't know. I think that this is a a fundamentally better team than in years past where you had like too many almost like similar type players and no one who could really do like specific roles very well. Lander, I think like Gerard forever. Right. Saga. Exactly. And now you've got like, okay, you need an, I know, bam, Harry Kane, like slots right in like, Oh, you need like a left winger. Well, guess who plays for man city? Like, boom, like you got Sterling, you got Sterling. is actually Sterling is actually the person who I'm, I'm most concerned about. Yeah. Like if, if you're actually like 
asking me like, who is the person who breaks our, our team? It's that Serginho Dest would have to be on defense that entire game. Right. I don't, honestly, like Jaden Sancho, like Man United ruined him for a while, but he's back now. I mean, you've got they, Sancho, Rashford, like yeah. these, these guys are not scrubs. Yeah, Foden, Grealish. Right. Like yeah. Mount, they, they, yeah. the, the, the Declan Rice, like they, they have Declan players. Rice sucks. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. I, Declan Rice sucks. I'm, I'm so they have like, players. You want, talk about, you want to talk about Premier League? Like, oh, they're a little over it. Declan Rice sucks. Like, and, and he's that's the uh, hot... he's the clown carrying the M16 in the lineup there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, whatever. All right, enough. Like, Declan oh, England, Rice. England, England. But like, they they have a team that can fit together. We can put players in the, in positions where that they play. You're not trying to just like cobble together, like a best lineup. Yeah. Get all the big names in. Where do we put Beckham? Where do we put Lampard? Where do we put right. Wayne Rooney? And, and, and I, I will say this, like their, their right center back, right wing back situation is also pre like, if we're going to actually break them down for any sort of like realistic, whatever, like Walker and James inner like interacting the way that they do down that right side, which will be against Jedi and prayer for us. Um, like is, is a little bit concerning to me because we have a left winger who doesn't like to play defense almost ever. Yeah. We, we <laughs> weak link out to that team very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So but, look, I, you know, but the is, fact of the matter is, is that it's the world cup. Like you said, like they're a pot one team in the world cup. Yes. They are going to be difficult. And, <laughs> and we, and we would weak link out to, brazil just as badly yeah. as we would to to like you want you want spain like how how frustrating to watch spain connect 800 passes against us well and i'm, so, I'm like, super glad we didn't get one of like the touch merchant teams yeah like if you try to press you know the netherlands or you try to press brazil like france good luck I mean, not that, not that, you know, not that England has bad touch or anything, but it's not like you're seeing them like flick and trick and be like, oh, dang. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I don't know. And, and like, I, I do think that England will like a little bit, like, I, I do believe that in stressful moments, like countries revert to themselves. And like, there's a part of me that think that Gareth, that get, that Gareth is going to just roll out with a four, four, two with Michael Owen up top. Like, it's just like, that's, that's what we're going to do. Um, and something that I think has we have working in our favor is the English press is the English whatever country is going to expect them to just dominate and roll us. So if you know we're like, all right, you know, here's the ball, and then we fun. hit him on the like. Honestly, you put Gio Reyna in space, you put Christian Pulisic in space. I don't care who that striker is. Yeah. Like, just go run off to the corner and drag somebody over. Like. like that that like that game actually would probably be a great one for say like a really really fast guy who we have who's like maybe our best attacking player in qualification. I I don't know. Tim Weah, get him on the field. Just saying, just saying. Yeah. Um. But so so before we we sort of uh, run out of time here because we we do have some time limits imposed upon us by the nature of this and and listeners obviously uh, this is not the last time we're going to talk about the World Cup. It's going to come up a lot. Um, we, uh, we have some, uh, some fun things coming up planned for you. Uh, in, in a couple of weeks, our schedule says uh, IDK, some stupid soccer shit. So probably be related to the World Cup. Might be related to the U20 qualification tournament because we'll talk about that as well. But um, in terms of the draw, in terms of the, the, the teams that we have, um, who do you think gets out? Like, are, are, and and, and this, is, this is like not like a banter thing. Obviously, like, our answer for banter reasons, or at least my answer for banter reasons is America and Wales, because that would might overthrow the monarchy in England. 
I don't that know. They be, love they love that stuff. <laughs> that would be that would be brutal for like if like like you you have like a colony and 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 your southern southwestern cousin uh, just dancing on you. But but for for real, I, I I mean I'm I think American England. I mean that's the chalk pick. So yeah, uh, yeah, and I I think it, I want to say it's a chalk pick, although like the the favorites to win the group like Vegas almost makes it look like whoever comes out of that playoff may end up being chalked for for second in the in the group we'll see um yeah Wales is higher ranked than us in, in yeah, according but, to Elo at least so they there's, come out. there's seven months though until this like really gets rolling and we have a team that's still going through puberty in certain spots so like I mean truthfully like you could have a another seven months of seasoning for Gio Reyna could make a big difference like he'd be he'd be creeping up on like i think being almost 20 years old at that point that's with another seven months well there's a there's a guy on uh twitter named scott jorick who's a pretty good follow who tweeted out the average age of every team in the uh, world cup and we're the youngest by two years by by multiple standard deviations yeah it's like a three yeah so so yes if we can get healthy and get our guys rolling at club we could we could show up to a world cup with a a different feel to our roster than what we just dealt with in qualifying and ultimately that's going to be that's going to be the fun part we're gonna we're gonna see all that happen but um i don't know between now and then gareth bale could finally retire and start playing golf full time like we all know he wants to well the masters isn't this week maybe you should try out (laughs) (laughs) all right angus what do we got wow twigs uh given that we're uh we're hopefully going into full full nerd swing also that's my alias nerd angus nerd angus uh we got a lot of we got a lot of nerd stuff coming up in the next year don't we we do have a lot of nerd stuff are we gonna are we gonna touch on moon Knight? did you watch it yet no i'm waiting until it's done i watched it yeah we're gonna we're gonna okay well we'll do we'll do moon Knight. i think we should do moon Knight. it's weird i love moon Knight because moon Knight is um accessible is like less accessible deadpool uh or, or i don't they, know if i call it accessible at all <laughs> oh excellent i like obviously like i haven't watched it so i don't i don't know what their plan is but if they've made it completely inaccessible deadpool awesome so uh also remember that all the r-rated netflix stuff is now on disney plus Ooh, yeah. How interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, they, uh, yeah, they, they've upset some people, and I, I, uh, I I'm with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, well, the thing is, is that once, once, um, spoiler alert, once uh, Daredevil showed up in No Way Home, like that, it, it, you had to bring it, right? Like you had to, oh, you had to, yeah. like, be like, okay, this is a thing we're doing. Um, yeah. And and so like, but like the problem with that is that it does bring in the worst thing that that Marvel's done, which is Iron Fist, which is unwatchable. I don't know if they brought in Iron Fist, and I, I like I really hope they just like ignore <laughs> it. Memory hold it. <laughs> yeah, ignore. Yeah, it's it's in the it's in the dead part of the multiverse. Just like that part broke off. We don't know what happened to it. King King the Conqueror <laughs> got rid of it. Don't know what happened. Sorry. Yeah, oh wait, is it a is it a spoiler to say that it's King the Conqueror? I don't think so. I think that's like pretty much assumed. Like I mean, if I you also like Loki, if they didn't watch Loki, like what are you doing? Yeah, Why haven't right. you watched Loki yet? Right, watch Loki. 
Uh, much although local. I guess I guess they don't really say that it's King the Conqueror. It's just like heavily implied that that's who that is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like a third season of Daredevil where they don't call him Slingshot, right? Right. It's Slingshot. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's uh, his name? Slingshot, right? Deadshot. Sure, Deadshot? whatever. I think it's Slingshot. Bullseye? Bullseye. 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 Yeah, Bullseye. See, what's Bullseye. funny is we were thinking of um, the DC version of, of Bullseye, which is uh, yeah. Deadshot from yeah. Suicide Squad. Bullseye, you'll remember, originally Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah. That movie that, was awful. Yeah, really bad. Colin Farrell is in both the DC and Marvel universes. What is he in Marvel? Penguin. No, in Marvel, he's he's Bullseye. Oh, well, that's not the Marvel universe. That's just like... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Are, ignored? Are, did, did No Way Home not establish that the multiverse exists? All right, fine. Like, yeah, I guess. Ben Affleck that Daredevil way. exists. Like, <laughs> that means that Colin Farrell's bullseye is a can- canonical part of the MCU. I thought we were ignoring anything that Ben Affleck has ever done in the superhero universes. Uh, that is possible. Uh, that would be in- ignoring... But see, like, if we do that, don't we have to, like, then say that we have to ignore a significant amount of Ryan Reynolds? Because if we're, if we're ignoring some parts of, 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 like, the multiverse across both, like, that means that we do need to get rid of some Ryan Reynolds because, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. He, he although, did, like, the Green Lantern thing. That was Although, bad. if you'll remember, actually, in Deadpool 2, he does get rid of both Green Lantern and... X-Men, Wolverine Origins, Deadpool. So maybe, maybe like that's like officially excised in that mashin- manner. I, I, I'm not really sure what the rules are here. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, we have, we have that coming up. We have She-Hulk. We have Obi-Wan. Very excited. I, yeah, I got to tell you, the odds that I have anything good to say about She-Hulk is, is very low. I think Miss Marvel... Uh, or the Marvels? What are they? What are they? Wait, calling wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. But like, that's how they—that's how they're gonna bring in. Um, that's how they're gonna bring in Kingpin. They one. They already brought in Kingpin. Um, I no, I know, but like full on. I feel like that's gonna be like a full on Kingpin show. I just like I hate the Hulk. Like like everything related to the Hulk, I find super boring. Um, because like uh, he was central to like one of my favorite movies, and also like. I don't know. I, I think he's good. I, I, I don't find him compelling because like, it's like, oh, he gets angry and loses control and then has to deal with the consequences of his rage. Like that's not super interesting to me because like, yeah. imagine he had to make bad decisions while conscious and then deal with those. Like that was the most interesting part of, of Iron Man is that Iron Man like made decisions and then had to deal with them. Whereas like, Hulk, yeah. oh man, I, I, I occasionally have post not clarity. Like that's... I, I don't know. I feel like we're we're at the point where like anything that Kevin Feige does, we're like, all right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I trust him. I'm going to watch it. Like I've watched. I mean, there's a reason like he hasn't made like a Hulk specific show or movie yet. Like a Hulk specific show or movie. There there must be a reason doing she Hulk as opposed to Hulk. um, I mean, it's possible. There's like some, like we should probably have some women stars at some point um probably that 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 could be it but yeah i mean she hulk is coming up the marvel uh like the jersey city miss marvel story thing um yeah like like the captain marvel but not captain marvel um that's a thing that's coming up i think um and obviously 
obviously we have the the, the Doctor Strange film, we have Obi Wan, we have yeah um, six more books of Harry Potter to get through. We have we have a ton of Wait, yeah. We, we haven't even gone. Did we do we finish book one yet? Are we yes, done with we that? Did. We did. All right. We did. Okay. Um, so we All will right. we will be entering the Chamber of Secrets uh, a week from today. Um, that's some scary shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It like, like that's, that's the fun thing about, about book and movie too, is that um, like, it's still in the the area where it was like very clearly written for children and about children. Um, but like, also it's when you get introduced to Nazis. Yeah. 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 It's also, it's the closest that Harry Potter comes to a horror book or yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, horror. Yeah. Um, certainly, certainly like there are other moments of like, scariness or like what 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 we'd consider like a terror film like planet terror or something where it's like zombies or dementors yeah or whatever but yeah. like this one this one is like the most and i'm, I'm going to use this usually when people use this analogy it's meant to demean but i actually mean it in a positive fashion chamber of secrets is the most doctor who shit that harry potter ever did i never like, watched doctor who oh, i really totally should. should yeah it's great yeah. um yeah you just got to get through it. You need to accept that it's meant to be a little bit campy. Um, and once you get past that issue, it's very good. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Got to gotta finish uh, Clone Wars first. So Yeah. Well, Clone Wars, then Rebels, Rebels, then Doctor Then Rebels. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Rebels, I got a lot to do. Rebels is one of those where um, Rebels is funny because like, even when you're watching it, you're like, I don't want to do this, but I know I have to, which is like sort of how I felt about Eternals. It's like, yeah, oh, fine, fine. I will watch it so I understand what's going on, but I don't want to. I'm doing this under protest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt that way about Daredevil season two. Yeah. It was bad. It yeah. was horrible. It's not good. I, I just read about the Defenders so that I could understand season three. <laughs> yeah. And and like Marvel usually doesn't miss too bad. Like even their bad movies are, are watchable. Like I didn't love Shang-Chi, but it was like fun, right? Like it was like, you know, I, I don't like Aquafina, but like it was fun and the other actors were good and it was fine. But Eternals yeah. was such a slog. And Rebels or Rebels is a little bit like that. <sighs> yeah, I know. I don't want to. But you will. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. Because I'm a child and I have to watch a lot of cartoons to get through the day. <laughs> Josh, all right, what are we what are we talking about? What's on your mind? All right, Isa. Um I'm be I'm gonna try to be quick here, but um I wanna talk about some of the things that I am excited about um this year. Um and that's in regards to football and uh the World Cup as well. So starting off with NFL football, um I want to talk about the offseason madness and all of the, the, you know, the big moves and free agency, um, you know, signings that have been going on. Um, you know, we had the Chargers, uh, the, um, the Chargers make a lot of big moves and um, a buddy of mine is, uh, is a really good, uh, is a really big Chargers fan and he's trying to convince me to uh, join on the bandwagon because the Texans, <laughs> the Texans have been embarrassing me for the last few years. Um, <laughs> so I'm considering that. 
Um, you know, and um, you know, I'm excited to see like you really just watch that the AFC West and see how, you know, all those really stacked teams just kind of battle it out and who makes it out of uh, who makes it out of there. Um, and then, you know, in regards to um, you know, my division, like the Texans division, I think the Titans are still probably gonna run it again. Um, you know, I don't have any faith in, you know, what the Texans are doing right now. Although I will say that I'm glad that the Sean Watson song is over. Uh, and, feel, and feel free to jump in if you have questions. I, I was just going to say, like, I feel like a lot of what, what the Texans are doing is based on faith because there's yeah. no real plan. No, no, there is. And what's worse, what's worse is that, like, usually, like, in situations like this, you'd be like, okay, well, they're rebuilding, they're getting rid of all the older players and they're bringing in draft picks and sort of... I have no hope or any faith in like the current Texan setup. Um, apparently, you know, um, the, you know, Lovey Smith was, um, was really impressive in his, um, uh, in his. Uh, anytime uh, you can, on conference. Yeah. Anytime you can get a failed university of Illinois coach, you got to do it. You got it. You got to get him. I got to say, I was, I was not excited about that. Uh, that head coach hire. Eric Bieniemy still doesn't have a head coaching job. Madness. <laughs> Madness. I thought I thought for sure I thought for sure um or at least my hope was that we got Brian Flores because I I, I mean I yeah. thought he thought I thought he did I thought he did a lot with a little in Miami and so my hope was that we bring him in and then we really start a rebuild but apparently that, the Texans are not aren't, aren't on that same wavelength so um I mean yeah. Davis Mills you know you can you can really build around that neck because there's so much of it that's the only good thing to say about it <laughs> right? Like yeah. he's got a long neck. He's a freaking giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I'm not, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Davis just yet, just because like, you know, I can't, you can't hold a, a you know, a, a, a rookie, a rookie season against him. You know, it's really just like a, free, a throwaway season. Like, you know, let's see how you do. And, and he you was know, in that Davis, horrible situation as well. Davis Mills is, is good at throwaway seasons because, you know, throwing the way the ball, it's like favorite <laughs> thing. <laughs> precisely that you know um and so you know like i i I just might be i just might turn out to be a chargers uh you you might see a lot of chargers pro chargers tweets you know from my twitter account this season because so if you if you if you ever actually make that decision i I wanted to announce live on the podcast like we're gonna do like a whole a whole uh like a, a lebron the decision uh oh yeah situation with josh's uh nfl fandom because the soccer fandom is decided Oh man, that is that's a lot of pressure. You know what? If 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 that does happen, I will have a speech ready. I I promise you that. Yeah, I will. I'll have a speech ready for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, just to you know to touch up on that, like uh, uh, something else that I'm excited about is you know the upcoming NFL draft. Um, for you know, compatible teams uh, for um uh yeah uh com competence competable is that that a word. Uh, not incompetent competent yeah competent competent for competent teams you know this is you know uh, a good opportunity to um you know look at your current roster and say oh hey like you know there's some good players on this board and you know in this in these key positions we can make some things happen I think I think this draft is super interesting because there's so little high end talent. Like it's like the middle of it is so interesting. I've decided that my the most interesting player in this draft to me is, uh, and I'm, I'm bringing it up to you because I think that it's it's relevant is Derek Stingley. Oh, because Stingley, I think, and I don't know if you've watched this tape. I, I started looking a little bit today. 
if you drafted him two years ago, he's a top five pick. He's exactly. And, and then he got like a little bit hurt and mm-hmm. LSU stopped giving a shit. Yeah. And like, he like stopped really going for it. So, so I think mm-hmm. that he's somebody, somebody smart is going to take him around like 2025 20, yeah. and he's going to be a 10 year old pro. That's pro. my theory. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think, yeah, like he, his freshman tape was ridiculous. Um, and I think that, you know, he, he would be a steal. But I also think the situation matters with a lot of really talented players, like going into, you know, a right, the right you know, situation, the right coaches, the right organization, like really uh, helps develop a player's career. Like um, I had really high hopes for Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on him yet, but uh, man, it's, it's, it's tough to shine in Detroit, you know? <laughs> uh, this is what I'll say about Akuda. It's getting late early. <laughs> getting late early. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I loved him at Ohio state. I mean, such yeah. as I can love people at Ohio state, but like, you know, he's, it's tough because you go to Detroit, Detroit, like think about players who are not, elite prospects right because obviously like calvin johnson was going to be all pro wherever he went um matt stafford was was going to be all pro wherever he went Mm -hmm. um but like you think about like like second tier of guys right like your your okudas your um i'm I'm trying to think of like another good example of this um tj hawkinson is a good example yeah yeah and like you look at like the difference between hawkinson and fant right like both iowa tight ends came out at the same time you know they were considered like pretty much co-equal and one of them is like, mm-hmm. like one of them is like, oh damn, he's gonna be like the next great tight end, and the other one is like, well, mm. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> and it's not like Denver has like a good situation, but it's like Detroit's True. so toxic that like it's just I yeah you know best of best of luck to y'all. I will be I'll yeah, be watching keenly. I'll be watching keenly. Yeah. Um, and then um, moving on from the draft, I'm also really excited about. Um, the upcoming Baylor football season. So uh, the more pods that you have me on, the more you will hear about the glorious Baylor the, football the, team. The, the Baylor Bears are going to be like 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 shadow third favorite uh, podcast team. Like it's like we're going to be like, yeah. all right, we're going to talk about Michigan. Now we're going to talk about Michigan State. Now we're going to talk about Baylor. Now we're going to talk sure. about everything else. Um, yeah. So well, yeah. I mean, you, you'll you'll be uh, Josh is uh, announcing now that he will be a regular. Uh, part of our Sunday uh, college football recap pods, um, oh, yeah. which we usually record during NFL games and you can hear us react <laughs> live. Like I, we actually, we recorded a pod during that, um, that green Bay game. Um, mm-hmm. It was an overtime game where like, there were like three missed field goals in a row. I don't remember who it was, um, but during the pod, you can hear us audibly gasp and laugh oh, at the missed yeah. field goals because there's nothing <laughs> funnier than a missed field goal. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to joining that pod and bringing uh, my uh, Baylor knowledge into uh, uh, in, in, into the podcast group. Um, you know, right now, you know, Baylor's uh, going under um, going through spring football. And then um, I'm curious to see if there's a quarterback competition there. And, you know, we did have a few starters um, leave for the league and um, graduate. And so on, on the defensive side, um, and it was a very good defensive unit then. So I'm looking Great. forward to seeing looking looking forward to seeing how, you know, we manage that, you know, manage that turnover. And uh, last but not least, um, uh 
and I'm probably gonna we're, we're probably gonna definitely gonna go in depth in it, you know, in um in you know the next pod that we record. But uh, I'm very much looking forward and excited about the World Cup uh in uh, in November. We you know just found out what group the Team USA is in, and let me start this off by saying that um this will be my first year ever like fully supporting team well usa <laughs> uh <laughs> i um in previous years I, i've because I, i'm nigerian i was born in nigeria grew up in nigeria so i've always rooted for and supported nigeria whenever they were in international competitions um and when i moved to the u.s and i started you know uh, watching and following soccer i would support the u.s too but when really. I wasn't, yeah, when I wasn't supporting, when I wasn't supporting Nigeria. Um, and uh, another thing that I always did was root for like all the African teams because, um, you know, it's for, for those teams, a lot of times there's a long shot to make it to you know, make it really far. And so like I always root for the underdogs in that, in that situation. But in this situation, which is also good, the USA is an underdog as well. Sure. Uh, and so, um, you know, and- I, I, I'm, and it's but, not like you're going to like root for Ghana. Like you're not going to like hope no. for good things for them. <laughs> no, even even though they're African, like they they get no support from me. <laughs> right. Like like how I feel about Costa Rica. Like I'm cool with Costa Rica like and Canada. Like I hope they do well. Um yeah. but I hope Mexico loses every game they play. Doesn't score a goal. <laughs> <laughs> the hate runs deep. Hate, hate, hate. Oh yeah. Oh, I, 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 I want nothing good for the Mexican national team. I want them to miss <laughs> World Cups. I want them, all their players to go to their secondary nationality. I want <laughs> salt the earth, salt the earth, Altry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and so now that I've been successfully coerced into joining the U.S. men's national team cult for the World Cup, um, I will be I will be flinging that red, white, and blue uh, come November and uh, showing my support. So I'm really excited to see how how that goes. USA, USA, and we've got uh, our our Philly correspondent Tim. Uh, Tim, what 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 do we got? Asa, today I, I want to talk about something that's been been bothering me. It's a uh, NFL mock drafts that we seem to be inundated with from, frankly, the midpoint of the season when when certain teams have given up on the year uh, all the way through the draft and hundreds, thousands, various iterations at points in time and just the infuriating nature of them. It, it, are, are, you, are you bothered because like all of the Eagle, all of the, the mock drafts had the Eagles taking not one, but two safeties. I, I am bothered because of <laughs> like, I, I'll put them into two buckets where you have like, and we get into it, but like the first bucket is like your knowledgeable draft expert bucket where they're like, you know, your Mel Kuypers, you know, your Todd McShags of the world, your Daniel Jeremiah's and, and the second bucket is just like, I, I'm, I'm going to pick on the USA today because like it was specifically their mock draft that like set me over the edge about this. Sure. And, and like just the generic Sports Illustrated, like throw it out to the whole world sort, but like not draft Nick, not NFL, like person that really follows the NFL mock draft. And I feel like that's pretty much like what there is as far as who's putting these out there. And then like there's your at home fun draft, which is basically like, based on what you're reading from somebody from one of those two buckets. And, and so the, I mean, 
I'll, I'll say this about like sort of NFL draft season. When I, when I created this podcast, I said very explicitly, we will not be getting into the NFL draft because NFL draft uh, like Twitter and discourse is just one of the most difficult and weird things in the world because you start like complaining about the size of people's hands and you're like, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> like, do you want to know why Kenny Pickett shouldn't be a first round pick? Because he's not that good. Because he's not that good. <laughs> right. It's not because he has small like, hands. <laughs> yeah. Because he's not that good. Uh, listen, you know, actually on the hand size, one of my favorite NFL draft stories was when the Bills drafted EJ Manuel out of Florida State. Oh, they all skillet hands. Yeah. They, they conducted, they paid a consulting company to like run a study about what made like the best NFL quarterback in cold weather climates. And apparently it was like giant hand size. And they're like, EJ Manuel has the biggest hands in the draft, draft him. And you're like, I'm sorry, the, the man plays at Florida State, like, and he wasn't very good. Your, your basis for investing in a franchise quarterback, a $100 million, potentially billion, I mean, not probably a billion dollar decision for a franchise. Well, it's, it's a billion dollar decision when you consider that if you fail on a quarterback, you're firing a whole bunch of people. Um, you, you, yeah. you know, you're missing out on, on however much in, you know, merch and whatever. I mean, there's a lot of revenue sharing in the NFL, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, well, like, I'm cool with screwing up a billion dollar decision. Although it, it if more, I remember correctly, yeah, he was he's, like, he's one of the five top quarterbacks consensus and he's got the big hands. It's like, Jesus Christ, based on that logic, like just go get Shaq. Shaq's our quarterback now. He's got the biggest hands of anybody we could find. Yao Ming wasn't available. And you're like, what are you talking about? But like that, that's not that was an actual NFL team that made that decision. What we're here to talk about, rant about, is the people who put together these horrific mock drafts. And Ace, I'm gonna start with the experts because these are the people that are getting like paid to do this. This is their entire job. It is their entire job. These are the people that have like the ears of the front offices. And, like, they are held to no sort of accountability for the fact that, like, they generally wrong. do a horrible job. Didn't Mel Kuyper say that, like, he would retire or, like, acquiesce to being fired if Jimmy Clausen didn't yeah. turn into, like, a starting quarterback? Sure did. And there's, like, all of the, like, constant rumors about some of these guys that, like, they're getting paid by agents under the table to, like, talk them up and to create a sense of, like, oh, I'm hearing teams are really interested in my guy to, like, move them up the draft boards. and. If you think that like the front office people that you're talking to are not giving you deliberately false information to try and like help them actually get the guy that they want to fall to them, like you're insane. So even though they're the ones who have the best information, assuming NFL teams are smart, which, you know, who knows if they are, they're not. assuming agents are smart, which I think that they are. Usually, they are yeah. Yeah. Very bad information upon which to base their draft. Why is anybody listening to these things? I, I think like it's it's a weird thing because it's it's like a there's there's a day and it would be like if a political reporter was like trying to get information on how the vote would go on a piece of legislation, but it was in everybody's best interest for that reporter to have the wrong information because in that case, um, other people would vote in a separate fashion. It'd be like if Joe Manchin went around like leaking things to the press saying that he was going to vote yes on various bills just so he could vote no with like a bigger aplomb, which would be really, really funny, but bad for, you know, journalism. But but not something anyone should want to spend time upon or rely upon for 
any reason. And like my, my favorite thing about this is the um is the sentiment that like what is going on with the with the with the mock draft sort of consensus has anything to do with like reality. Because if the front offices knew what they were doing, which they don't, they wouldn't tell anybody. I mean, yeah. like 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 let's let's hypothetically pick a team, okay? Let's say that they had a wide receiver that they really, really liked. Okay. They wanted to take him in the first round, big 12 wide receiver. Don't have any other really like, you know, anybody they really, really want. They're not going to tell Mel Kuyper. Yeah. We're really identifying uh, Nelson Rieger at, or Jalen Rieger at, uh, at, at, at 22. Right. At, at 22. We think we might need to trade up for him. The guy's a stud. Why right. would you say that? You wouldn't. And, and if you're, and if you're Jalen Rieger's agent, you're like, uh, yeah, we're, we're seeing him go top 10. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. Or like in the most nefarious of situations, which has been accused, you know, here's $50,000, you know, you're hearing he's going to go top 10, that there's a lot of front offices that are really interested in this guy. Right. And, and, you know, uh, I, I think the thing is like, you, you just go back to sort of like, Adam Schefter and Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and all of these guys who, who, again, we're not, we're not comparing them to the USA Today bucket, which is, you know, a, a guy. Oh, we'll get there. We'll oh, get there. Okay. All right, fine. But like Kuyper and, and McShay, like are, are played off as, as expert journalists who have done the, the legwork to figure out who's really going to go where. And they don't, they just get fed information by former scouts who are agents and current scouts who want to protect their job. And yeah. like, that's that. <laughs> and that's that. And now, because there's limited time, we're going to get into the USA Today, the Sports Illustrated, and the, the general, I'm going to call them cast a big net crowd. Sure. The, the cast a big net crowd, these are people, and this has actually been one of my problems with like most ESPN coverage of things where they don't have a dedicated expert, is there are, with with the internet the way that it is and how easy it is to create blogs and sources of information, there's so much team specific. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much team specific information available that it doesn't make sense for these major news outlets to like really get into the details of any team. They have to cover an enormous amount. And that's, that's a very challenging thing, but as a result, like they've got a really great breadth of information, but they have no depth on any of them. And in these mock drafts, you have people that, like, they know two talking points about every team. And that's what their mock draft thing is based on. Some of it's easy. It's like, look, they really need a quarterback and they're desperate for a quarterback. Good. You can probably hit that. But, like, otherwise, you're basically, I've got two talking points on a team. And you're like, I know one player and he's old and probably going to retire. So they probably need to replace him. And I'm going to pick on the USA Today and literally read something that they put in one of their mock drafts from February that was one of the dumbest things I've ever read in my life. And that, like, is the epitome of, like, you went so surface level in your analysis that, like, I just have to blatantly disregard anything. And it relates to the Eagles, of no surprise. So they, they mock a center to the Eagles, which was very popular for a while before Jason Kelsey, you know, announced he wasn't going to retire. Did they point to the fact that Jason Kelsey might retire? Nay, they pointed to his free agency and that he may leave in free agency. So they needed to replace the center. You knew he was a free agent, but no one in the world thought the man was going anywhere else in Philadelphia. It was, he was sticking around for another year or two or he was retiring. 
before he was retiring and, and quote, and could bid farewell to their longtime center, Jason Kelsey in free agency. What are you talking about? You, you have like, it was basically as though you Googled impending free agents, Eagles saw Jason Kelsey and were like, Oh, he could be gone. I'm not going to Google anything further than that. Like, why do I, you don't know anything. (laughs) What's fun is that had they simply deleted the last three words of the sentence, it would have been fine. Yeah. It would have worked. And it's a lesson for all of us. If you're going to lie, be specific, but not too specific. And, and, and the third bucket, because I feel like we could scream about the lack of knowledge and how you're basically reading something where it's a bozo throwing darts. But the, the last bucket is just like the casual fan ones or the people that are not the deep draft next. And you're just, tailoring off of those two and what you're seeing online like if you're a really deep fan of an individual team like I think you can probably nail that team and you can probably do a pretty good job of nailing like their yeah. conference rivals where I was, people I was are gonna really say spear yeah like but like, like, for, like for, for you me, you you could do the Eagles pretty well and probably Cowboys Giants Washington football team yeah but like could I do this like the Los Angeles Chargers I have no idea what they're going to draft. I could they probably Google something and say, oh, it looks like Justin Herbert sprained his shoulder. I guess they're looking for a new quarterback. Heaven, heaven forbid. <laughs> but other than that, I mean. Yeah. It's, it's, the entire thing is, 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 it's a funny thing because, because mock drafts mean nothing. Get nowhere. It's clickbait. It's and, just clickbait. And you know what? It works because we, yep. we read them. We're like, yeah, 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 what is this guy? Oh, this guy's in it. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's not like, it's not like, like, uh, information. Like if you're, it, you know what it's a lot like, like we're recording this at 1040 AM Eastern on uh, Friday, the world cup draw is in 45 minutes. It's like people projecting what could happen. It will know it's, it's some certain we will know. We will know. And, like, will and, know. and there's no like analysis to be done after the fact. Right. It's not like, ah, well, he used his right hand, which means blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's, it's just like a, 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 a conference call. My brother, my brother, a uh, friend of the pod, Noah, has said that he stopped watching drafts when he realizes that what he was watching was a corporate conference call, uh, assigning assets to various corporate entities. And it's like, if you think about the NFL draft. Oh, no, no. Oh, that, <laughs> oh, that no, you, no, you cannot. For, the, the implication being that a human being is an asset. And I'm pretty sure that there's an amendment that prohibits that. Is the NFL draft aware of that? Because it doesn't appear that those human beings have any say in where they work. It seems pretty weird, doesn't it? I mean, Jim Kelly went and played with like the USFL, didn't he? He, he made a choice. And that is why we are USL fans. Eli Manning for um he's one of the more recent quarterbacks to like force his direction. You can do it. It's not like easy. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And it, he was a Manning. I know it, it, <laughs> it, it is a corner case. It's, it is not it is it is far from the norm, but the point being that there is precedent and that's, I, that's, I guess that's, that's, that's some, harder. yeah, that's some weak precedent. <laughs> That's yeah, like that, you, that. You, you you cite Eli Manning when you're like, well, shit. but then that's an anti. It, that's like an anti. There have been cases brought about this, and that like it's an antitrust like issue. Um, 
Anyways, I, I think that the NFL draft is a terrible thing. You should let all the players pick where they want to play. You should let the teams pay those players as much as you want. And if you end up shelling out $100 million to get, oh, I don't know, Ryan Leaf, well, that's capitalism, baby. Make more money. Sorry. And with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nick, how are we doing? Hey, what's up? Uh, so, so, so what's on your mind for the, uh, hundredth episode spectacular for the hundredth episode? Uh, let's just talk about the lions again. Let's, let's remake it. Let's paint this podcast blue, Honolulu blue. Let's do it. So, uh, are, are, are we officially Malik Willis stands or is that, or, is, or have we not come out with that yet? Well, so yeah, here's where I'm at as of, you know, it changes so much all the time. Right. And, <laughs> um, so now it seems like. You know, the Lions, you know, you don't really know what they're going to do based on, you know, going to pro days or whatever. I guess they said last year when the Lions took Panay Sewell, like they only sent one coach to Oregon's pro day. Right. Um, And this year, like, I don't think anybody from the Lions, maybe like one or two people was at Malik Willis's pro day. Um, but they sent, they sent everybody to Kayvon Thibodeau's pro day. Hmm. So, and including, there was like a whole photo op of, uh, Brad Holmes and Chris Spielman with, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. So that was interesting. Hmm. Um, just from a reading the tea leaves, but like reading like from the betting odds now, um, Willis is plus 450 to be the number two pick behind, Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker. So the betting markets are basically saying Hutchinson is going to be the first pick and Trayvon Walker is going to be the second pick to the Lions. But is that, does, I, I does that square with what we know about the Lions? So I think the whole, the whole draft really comes down to um, do these teams think that the defensive ends, Hutchinson and Walker, and, and and I'm inclu- including the Jaguars in this as well. Right. They have, they have a number one pick. And they're a terrible team. They have, they, like, the Lions and Jaguars have more needs than just a great defensive end. Right. You know, it's like, um, you have to look at this draft like, you know, there's not a Trevor Lawrence in this draft. There's not an obvious pick unless unless they really decide you know, like somebody decides that Willis is worth it. And obviously Jaguars have Lawrence. It's not going to be them. So it could be the Lions taking them or it could be the Lion uh, taking Willis or it could be um, the Lions or Jacksonville giving like, you know, some crazy godfather offer from like the Steelers or something. So that's what I was wondering is that like, so, so in normal years, right, like the, the second pick is, is the pick to trade. Um, like the first pick, it seems almost never gets traded. But the second pick, like there's a history of it. Um, you know, the, the RG3 trade comes to mind for some reason. But I wonder if there is much of a market for Malik Willis. Like, I mean, I know, like who did Pittsburgh say they were rolling with this year? Um, Trubisky. Yeah. So, you know, we have a history of QB1 Trubisky uh, not being a thing, like not being very good. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I mean, he's terrible. And 
like the betting odds on FanDuel right now um, for what team Willis is going to go to. Carolina plus 250. Mm. Steelers plus 350. Falcons plus 450. Seahawks plus 450. Lions plus 500. So the Lions wow. are, are, you know, not according to the betting market. Right. It's still it's still not likely that the Lions just take Willis at number two. Well, I guess I mean I guess it comes down to the question of and and we've talked about this. I don't know if in the podcast or but or if, or if just in the group chat. Like Malik Willis is has the upside of a of a quarterback who you would normally you know want in that top five because you need to hit out a quarterback. It's just that his floor is a little bit lower than what you would normally consider for your like second pick. But if you're the Lions, you're saying, okay, well, um, we need a quarterback because Jared Goff is not going to get us anywhere. So we might as well roll the dice here. And why not? Because who knows what will happen in a year from now? Well, I think it's not only who knows what could happen a year from now. It's also just very scary to go into next offseason with just Jared Goff. And especially so if you if you trade down and get a huge offer, it's like the Texans made the Deshaun Watson trade. Like they have all these draft picks. Yeah. And they have Davis Mills. Like the Texans are pretty much gonna get whoever they you know, whichever quarterback they want next year. Right. And so from, the question the Right. And so so the question is is like is Malik Willis better than the third best quarterback next year? I don't know. Malik Willis a year from now, right? So I mean, we know the Lions like him, though. The Lions have already tipped their hand with uh, Mark Brunell saying at the Senior Bowl that he can turn Willis into a pro bowler in three years. So I kind of don't mind, <laughs> you know, throwing yeah. some on – Lions plus 500 to take Willis. I, I still think just taking Willis makes the most sense for them. Well, um, I, I, it, it comes down to like, do you think that, that Willis, do you, do you think that the defensive end acts because they're not going to take one of the offensive tackles, um, you know, whether that's Walker, whether that's Thibodeau, whether that, whether Hutchinson drops for some reason, which we don't expect him to like, is that defensive end going to be more, impactful than a year of Malik Willis plus whoever you get next year no of course not it's just like the Lions they've also like had a good off season or had a good last two off seasons really when you think about the guys that they've they've signed yeah um because the Lions signed DJ Chark and if he has a good year no matter how good the Lions can franchise tag. I mean, they've already said this publicly, Brett, their GM has said this publicly already. Right. But that, that ability to, to be able to lock in a guy like DJ Chark, who's still young, has already made the Pro Bowl, uh, has size and runs a 4-3. Um, like, to do that, and then, you know, it's like he already knew, like, Kansas City and the Packers were about to trade up into the 20s and take receivers. Like, he know he already knew there's not going to be receivers there at the end of the first round for the Lions, you know, the, the, ones, the, the ones that you want. Right. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe Sky Moore will be there. Or Christian Watson. Yeah. 
fan fan favorite Christian Watson. Yeah, but I think it's more likely. I think it's more likely. Um, like I've been on the Pro Football Focus mock draft simulator, and I I just take Willis number two. I don't even do any trade weird trade downs, and then and then there's it's Sky Moore at best at at thirty four. So. Um, so it becomes a question of like, if you trade down and, and that's the thing people always talk about like, Oh, trade down, trade down, trade down. But like the difference between trading down and not is, you know, Malik Willis's upside is still, you know, pro bowler. Whereas, you know, the 10th pick, I mean, I don't know who you're going to get at 10, um, but it's not going to be the same thing unless you're somehow able to, to, to figure out, you know, somebody drops or, or you take like a flyer on, on someone who has a ton of upside, but, but hasn't shown it, you know, Derek Stingley is sort of my go-to for that where he he's probably got the upside of a, of a shutdown corner, but he also can very easily be um, unplayable. Oh, I think it would just be, it would just be loading up on defense or taking yeah. or, or yeah, maybe taking a receiver if, if you're trading, uh, you know, with Pittsburgh has the 17th pick. So, yeah, so at, so at 17, you, you, uh, you know, you take whichever one of those wide receivers is there, or you use whatever you just traded down for to trade back up to 11, 12, where I think we're going to start to see that run. I don't think they're, they're trading. I think the lions are either coming out of this draft, um, you know, with, with Willis or um, they'll have loaded up on future assets and, you know, like picks or just loading up on defensive players. Yeah, well, I think I think signing DJ Chark and signing um, Romeo Aquara last year and Charles Harris this year, it's like the Lions are already paying two guys at defensive end like almost ten million dollars a year for each of them, and uh, and then you also and then like DJ Chark is their number one receiver, and it's like you know like Denny wrote on on NBC Sports Edge like Denny Car- uh, uh, DJ is a horrible fit. With uh, with Jared, uh, Jared or Sorry. horrific fit with Jared Goff. Yeah, guess what? We're not building the team <laughs> to uh, win with Jared Goff. I hate to I hate to break that news. <laughs> well, uh, obviously, since we're we're talking about a Liberty quarterback, we are all going to um, watch this very closely while not going to sit and watch in the corner. Yes. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Nick. Go. Okay, so I forgot to mention this in the first uh, Harry Potter episode, but this has been bugging me. This has been bugging me since I read it. So in Sorcerer's Stone, Hagrid lets it slip that whatever is in the uh, or is under Fluffy is between Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel, and uh, Harry at least. I can't remember if all three of them or if it's just Harry is somebody who like immediately recognizes the name. And then J.K. Rowling goes into great detail that over the next, let's call it a month, uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are just going through books in the library trying to find where Nicholas Flamel comes up. But it is mentioned that they're going, they're doing all of this. Keep in mind, this is their first semester at Hogwarts. So it's mentioned that they're going through all of this because Harry remembers reading the name Nicholas Flamel. Let's now go back and remember Harry is a horrible student, very lazy. He has read, like, at this point, like, he's told Hermione he hasn't read any of his books for class. So if we're being generous, they're taking, what, six classes? 
So he's read parts of six goddamn books. And then they go through and including going under the invisibility cloak to try and find, to get into the restricted section to find this book. When in reality, all they have to do is probably lightly skim six books, six books. And it's gone. And then in the end, it ends up being because he's on the back of Dumbledore's chocolate frog card, which is even dumber because Ron is an admitted collector of these. And I think he has, he, he says he has like 17 Dumbledores. You'd think something would trip off in one of their brains or it'd be like, we're not very avid readers. I don't think we need to go check the books. Anyway, uh, I don't know if that was eight or 10 minutes, but that's been bugging me for a very long, long time. I have two questions that I think would, would also address this issue. One, um, the first internet search engine was invented in 1990. Uh, this was taking place in 1991. We are assuming that the wizarding world did not have some measure of search engine prior to muggles. Two. Two. They couldn't have looked in a history book in the index. So I think that's what I think that's what Angus said. Where it's like, yeah, they were probably just skimming all of the table of contents and indexes. Um, no, Angus's solution was just table of contents, and I was no. like, that's Index. dumb. Index. Yeah, people just make up like stupid puns to be fucking table of context titles. Hi. Hi. Yes. <laughs> Present company included. I got. Uh, I, I need to tell you a, a story about the time that I. Um, got a B plus on a paper in law school because I decided to make uh, each section a pun uh, instead of taking it seriously. And um, that was the time that I wrote a paper called, um, what was it? Marriage law or, or how I, <clears throat> parentheses, or how I learned to stop worrying and love divorce. I got a B plus on this and I have it on good authority that had I not been an asshole, I would have gotten an A. Wait, there's another one. My friend Kyle likes to do this. Okay. My friend Kyle. Historically, I'm quoting this. Historically, when I've written client alerts, our marketing department adds the title's headlines. I submitted one on Monday, and they asked me for a headline. I said, they normally do that, and they said, we don't do that anymore. So I submitted, draft disclosure decree dooms derelict directors, SECCC shift with swift security statements. Dot, dot, dot. Martin replied and said they would be providing a headline before it is published. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good shit. Good shit. This is like the fourth or fifth time Kyle's been shouted out on this podcast because he does shit like this all the time. Shout out, Kyle. Uh, wherever you are, I don't know where you are. But... Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, that legal hotbed. Uh, he also, oh, uh, hold on. He can, also... I, can, I, can, I, can I interpose my rant for two minutes after yours? Hang on, I have to, uh, let me just look this up real quick. Who owns Jack Daniels? Jack Daniels. It's not them. Okay, so so Kyle got hired. Kyle got hired at a firm in Louisville. I'm not going to say which one. It's the one that represents Jack Daniels, obviously. (laughs) Anymore, this is a different, this is a different, he's moved. Sure, sure. Uh, (laughs) uh, So he, so he, he got invited, he got hired uh, like over the holidays, and he got high, or he got invited to their Christmas party. So he went to their Christmas party, not knowing anybody except like the three attorneys that interviewed him and the guy that hired him. And um, 
so he got introduced to this guy to this other guy that was at the party and uh he said something about kyle having like he's like oh is that jack daniels in your in your drink or whatever and kyle said something to the effect of god no i would never drink shitty whiskey like that it was the the in-house counsel of brown foreman who owns jack daniels excellent excellent who was uh at the time a client of the firm. I can no longer confirm nor deny that there's clients of that. Firm. And you know, it's 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 pretty common for large uh, corporations to just sort of firm hop. Like they certainly don't have long term relationships with law right. firms. <laughs> uh, the other funny thing is when Kyle when Kyle proposed to his wife, uh, I believe she was studying abroad in Ireland, and he had this whole thing worked out where he was going to propose on the side of a lake next to this, like in the shadow of this castle. So when he finally uh, went to go do it, he like got down on his one knee and his now wife was like shit, like looking shifty eyed all over the place, like acting very nervous. And he thought that she was just nervous uh, about being proposed to. Turns out he picked like the most violent spot in all of Ireland. Like if <laughs> there had been like a murder, like four weeks prior in the exact same spot. He, he, he proposed in the Watts of... Of essentially yes ireland um which i assume after those murders they they tried to take the corpse out for a drink i mean that's based largely on that's only the, still that's the only yeah that's the only that's the only polite way to do it <laughs> um so my my quick rant uh from a legal perspective is how fucking funny is it that harvard is no longer a uh, top three law school <laughs> Oh my God, they're all so pissed. <laughs> they're so mad. Uh, dear listener, if you're if you're listening to this, I'm going to put this one last. So if you get through the, the 100th episode spectacular uh, and you get here. <laughs> first off, we're sorry. First off, we're sorry. Second off, please Google this. Please go to Twitter and look up just Harvard Law School. And half of it will be like Kintaji Brown, uh, Jackson Brown's uh, like comments about her. And, you know, those are great. She is a Harvard Law trainer. No, those are also, don't do that on Twitter. That's pretty toxic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're muting the word toxic. Toxic is not a thing on this podcast. Um, But if you look into the the discourse regarding um, the U.S. News and World Report rankings of law schools, it is among the funniest things possible because the only people who care, the only people who care, are people currently in law school. <laughs> so it's a whole bunch of type A 24-year-olds with no life experience. And That's not true. Life. There's a bunch of Harvard grads who also care. You're right. You're right. Like Northwestern grads, once you you go to Harvard Law, sort of your identity. Yeah. That's and whoever picking on Northwestern at this moment. <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, we both went to Michigan. You could have easily picked Michigan. You know, uh, I, I try to avoid picking on, like, I, I want to say, like, 20% of our audience. So I actually, I know that one of the schools that jumped Harvard is UChicago. And it I the, only, it's the only one. Because like, okay. the, oh, Yale still won. Like, Yale still won. And, and Stanford and Harvard are always, like, one, are, are always, like, two, three. Okay. I was saying, the only reason I know that UChicago jumped them is because all of the UChicago people are now tweeting at Harvard people. Just like, what up? You guys want to go? <laughs> that's my rant hi again everybody this is asa i want to say thank you to all of our cast members they're not really guests there they're the people who make this uh podcast tick so uh special thank you to uh, i guess in order jonathan who you can find on the internet uh at places kevin who you can find on the internet at places ben who you can find at halfspaces.com as well as um at uh 
Twitter at BL Herald. Uh, Angus, who you can find on Twitter at Nerd Angus. Uh, Nick, who you can find on Twitter at Electric Snuff. And Greg, who you can find at Mr. Mojo Rising. You can find me at Diamonds Esquire or uh, at the uh, podcast account at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Special thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever uh, Blue Wire decides to put in. Um, we're going to get our Instagram up and running by the 200th episode. Don't you worry about it. Um, and I want to say thank you to uh, all of the people who have been guests, uh, from from Adam and Justin and, and Brett and everybody else. We're going to have some awesome guests coming up, uh, Michael Felder and Vince from Scuff Podcast and a whole bunch of other fun, uh, fun times. So um, to our listeners, uh, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.